and fuck you, Craig, and welcome, welcome, welcome back to another rendition of Coop's Quick Chats. We're not doing it in the car. It's not a hot take hot box, but there'll be some hot takes. I'm joined again by a very special guest, and he's looking me in the eyes, which is kind of freaking me out because I'm used to not having people look at me. Uh, Mr. Buddha Joe, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on. I'm doing great, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. So what is, what's been new with Buddha Joe? Did you got a few shows coming up or you got the comedy throwdown by Saturday? I might release this before Saturday. Yeah, comedy throwdown, which is great. Um, we have had this a few times and it's a great chance for up and coming comedians to get a spot on a future upcoming Buddha Joe comedy show, which we do two or three times a month. Recent news, we are in collaboration with Dave Sheehan. We're doing the Clash of the Comedian September 3rd. Oh, awesome. So, six, here? Yep. Six Good. pairs of comedians, six matches, fight to the comedic death. It's oh, that's be kind amazing. of fucking awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Oh, that's his. My yep. bad. You got any hot takes, Andy? About what? Anything good? Anything. Um, no, I'm pretty great. <laughs> pretty great. Right there. Right <laughs> that was Andy, everyone. Dude, go check out Andy's Instagram page. I'll plug it. Free plug. But, um, no, that's great. I've always meant to, like, go, like, it's, it's kind of like a roast battle, but it's, like, kind of, like, knock each other off, I'm assuming. Is that kind of how you're going to do it? For the throwdown or for no, the, the, clash? Uh, the, the clash thing? Clash this of the is- Comedians is going to be six matches each and in the past they've been different brackets but I think this time it's just going to be one for one one you know one match to each for each pair of comedians dude that's going to be kind of fucking sick yeah and you got to do that like a like a weekend show ticketed or you got to kind of keep it closed for comedians only? we're going to do ticketed weekend show nice. it's very not traditional comedy it's not a traditional comedy Where show. Back? <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Appreciate you, buddy. So, it's going to be a ticket event, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be like $10. So easy breezy. You've been uh, doing any shows recently? I saw you just did a show in Connecticut. You're trying to start to spread out a little bit more again? For sure, yeah. I just did a show with Darren Rivera. He put it together in Newington, Connecticut with Mo Musa and Jess Miller. And it was such an honor to be on that show. I definitely had imposter syndrome, <laughs> to, be, to be dead ass honest. Looking at these heavy hitters on the flyer, which I made, I still can't, you know. But, <laughs> but put my big boy pants on and did it, and I did pretty well. Just tight 12 minutes, nothing too crazy, but awesome. I knocked it out of the park. So, in addition to producing shows and the mic here, I'm also very focused on getting booked elsewhere. I'm not just a guy at the, at the Nook. Yeah, yeah. So, which is pretty interesting because I had a couple of people uh, who saw me perform who have seen me at the mic but never on a show mm-hmm. and did. there's a little bit of a difference. Defin- I feel like the show I did with you when I came out here, you could definitely tell the, little, the, the difference of like energy you got in the show. You definitely have that next little tier. But I mean, yeah, show, dude, shows are fucking cr- crazy because literally... It does feel like imposter syndrome a little bit, especially in my case, like being so new. When I go to a show, like when I when you uh, gave me the spot with you, Jess Miller, and I, who, I can't remember who else was on the show. Other people, Joe. Yeah. Joe Greek, last name. I always forget his last name. Capinos. Capinos. Who I knew it was Greek. But yeah, no, it's 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 weird because then it's like uh, I don't know. I that's the one thing with comedy. I always second guess myself if I'm funny or not, which has been a roller coaster. Because every time someone asks about it, they're like, "How does it feel to do comedy?" I'm like, 75 percent of the time, it feels shitty. <laughs> the rest oh, of the really? Time, yeah. 15 percent of the time feels all right, and then it's like that 10, like that little. I don't do math. 
whatever yeah. left. This feels really great. And it's kind of like that. It's like golf, where it's like you kind of ride that high. You want to kind of get that. Like you hit that one good shot, and you're like, "That's why I fucking play golf." And you can, like it kind of brings you back. But that's great to hear. Where would you say your favorite place besides the Nook that you've performed at would be? Because you've done some. Uh, you were telling me about some cool shows that you've done. Yeah, you know. To be honest, when I think of cool shows or shows that I appreciate having done, I think of hard rooms. I think of Slades in Boston, an urban room, all black room. I hate the, the term urban, yeah. you know, all black room, maybe some brown people mixed in there. Me and Philip Anthony, on a scale from one to 10 of good, I did maybe a 2.53, to be honest. Philip Anthony, way more experienced and better than me. But it's a very specific type of room. Yeah. Um, open mics. They used to be one at Blackboard Cafe before COVID in Windsor, I believe. Horrend- like half the bars screaming, yelling. The mics where people aren't paying attention. And, you know, not necessarily because they're ignoring you, but they're into their own shit. Those yeah. mics. Uh, specific mics. Uh, yesterday, like a Mavericks mic, Maverick Prasad. Workout Wednesdays at the Ale House in Springfield, the Irish Ale House. Oh, I've been, been meaning to go to that one. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. They've been doing it outdoors, which is great, but it also adds an element of you having to own the space. Yeah, you know, people aren't, and it depends. In a live room, you know, the mics here when there's thirty, forty people in the audience sometimes and 20 comedians or a show where people are there primed ready to go it's a different story than having to go out there and in a tough room so when i think of the rooms i enjoy doing i enjoy the tough ones yeah because i I usually eat shit but i usually (laughs) learn a way how to eat less shit next time yeah honestly i need it need to start going, like, there's uh, a few mics, I don't want to name them on here, but that are, like, notoriously kind of tough to get laughs at, I feel like, that I need to start doing a little bit more, but it's, like, it's tough doing those ones, especially if you have, like, I've kind of been in a little bit of a lull writing jokes, I feel like, recently, so it's, like, when you're going with, like, material to rooms that are kind of tough like that, I feel like it's so demoralizing. Oh, Oh, thanks, Lisa, give us a second, we'll be out there in a couple minutes. All right, thank you. That's right. But, um, yeah, no, I need to do more of the tough rooms, I feel like. that. But, um, nah, live and learn, try to get a tr- brick by brick. It, it's weird comedy. Like, I feel like I need to, like, rush and, like, I'm do. I'm, like, you see, like, other people getting booked and stuff. You feel like you're falling behind. And it's, like, for me, it's, I need to take a step back and realize how young I am in it. Oh, yeah. Like something, something I need to do more. Did, like, did you, was that something you experienced when you first started stand-up where you, like, kind of had, a, like, a little bit of a struggle kind of getting into it with... It's something that I did experience when I first started stand-up and as someone who hasn't even started their three-year mark yet, I'm still in that stage. Yeah. I'm still learning stand-up. I'm still going through that because I am very impatient sometimes and very, when I first, you know, single digits in, Still hungry and wanting it, but I wanted it, wanting it now, yeah. which is okay. And you know, patience—it's it, such a, a important thing. And it's like it's a stand-up's like a weird 
environment I feel like as well because it's like you obviously want the collaboration and working with people and kind of having good relationships but also it is like a very like individualistic kind of thing at the end of the day you're out here to kind of like make yourself learn and grow and stuff like that so it's like it's really weird kind of the personalities I feel like managing everybody like you meet some very like different like I don't know I I, I, I kind of like pride myself in being able to like read people and comedy is like one of the first place places like I have had multiple people in like a day where I'm like I don't really know what your deal is and I, I kind of like it kind of throws me off a little bit because I like kind of predictability I guess but yeah fair enough I, I get that um, there's different different types of comedy scenes you yeah know, like little kind of little little tribes here and there and I can only speak to this one having experienced some of that animosity elsewhere that exists um and i'll just say it this way it reminds me of some like weird reverse stockholm thing where like people not all the time but a lot of times there's people in comedy and certain positions who will use comics for their talent and pay them little to no money you're welcome for the exposure. You're lucky you even got a spot on this show type deal. And it's always been that way, so that's how it's justified. That's just the way it yeah, is. Yeah. Well, now you have comedians who are literally, literally fighting each other to be put in a position to be taken advantage of, which is insane. Yeah. You know, I don't get it. And I do things a little bit differently here. When I first was approached by the Nook to take on the comedy program here to run it. My hard stance, and this comes from being in comedy very young, but also um, I got into comedy at 35, super late in the game, but my experience in the military and being at a plethora of jobs that don't just appreciate you, my non-negotiable for the Nook was, okay, but people who work this room are going to get paid. Yeah. And they're going to get paid well. And to my surprise, everyone was like, yeah, duh. We're old band heads. Kevin, the owner, was in, or a couple of co-owners, too, were in Europe, Japan, playing music, you know? So they get it. And this is not like a spot where only elite comedians can come to, because we do have some heavy-hitting people who come through. Yeah. Rafi Gonzalez headlined the first show, my first show here. Marty Capone has been here. Jess Miller, Darren Rivera. But we also have spots for five-minute guest spot, you know, that 10-minute opener and then feature and so forth and so on. But as far as the community, that's what I think sets the nook apart and what Buddha Joe Comedy is doing here. And you've heard my spiel, I say, before and after every mic. Like, it is so rare to find a place in people with whom we can feel unequivocally ourselves. Yeah. This is the place... We are the fucking people. What are we doing? You know, so... I mean, dude, I've always said it, but this place especially, I feel like the, the collaboration you guys got between, like, the owners, the vet, like, the, having the venue, and then the way you guys set up, like, the mic and stuff, it makes it... It does make it feel, like, a lot, like, more professional than almost any other, like, open mic that <clears throat> I go to, at least. So, I mean, and I think that's such, like, a good thing to do, like, long-term, having, like, investing in... You're basically investing in the community. Like you said, you give them five minutes guest spots, you have young comedians and stuff who feel, like, welcome here. That's, like, the next wave of people. At the end of the day, like, 
you can always try to fight progress in life, but those it's always going to be kind of advancements and stuff like that, and you got to be prepared for that. So it's like setting up and having a great place for like both young and old to kind of collaborate together is definitely a great fucking venue to have. Like I don't know you guys, you guys definitely do it well here. So well, I appreciate that, man. I, I'll be honest, that wasn't even by like design. It wasn't like a, a, a thought out thing. It just kind of the way I felt about it. You yeah. Know? So. And like Rob Santos, one of my mentors, you know, I give him so much credit. Him and Philip Anthony um, for like, you know, what I've achieved, what a little bit of it I've achieved comedically. But he does his workshop here. He's running it for the next couple Saturdays. He lets every comedian come in and audit one of the classes. And even again, talking about that cliquish thing, a lot of people in like Connecticut will not fuck with Rob or his class or things like that. Which I don't really understand why. And it's okay, I don't have to, and I'm not trying to, yeah. but this place is more of like a community center for comedians. Because uh, Tom, Tom Roche, Tom Foolery, I open up the place on Sundays, they do sketch comedy, they practice for a show that they're, they're going to be, um, I'm going to be producing with them here. So, with that being said, I understand what I'm doing is different. Yeah. Um, other places people go out of this fear... They come back and, and realize it's very different, which is okay. I'm yeah. not, I honestly, to end on this, because I, I will talk forever. <laughs> I quit my job over a year ago to do, comp, to do photography full time. And decided, well, because open mics, I had more time. I got, you know, put on by Philip Anthony and, and bada boom, bada bing. So I, I do this full time. It is my day job, my night job, my dream job. I've never felt, you've heard this before, so successful and so broke at the same time. <laughs> but we're here, man. It's 2022. If you don't want to do what the fuck you love, what the fuck are we doing? Exactly, man. It's a great mindset to have. Um, last question I had for you, just because I noticed it when you we had the show with Jess Miller. She's also a veteran, right? Is that true? Yeah. yeah. How, how have you... How have you felt like being a veteran has impacted you as like a comedian? Has it opened more do- like doors with people like because you kind of have that similar background experience? Or how do you like how how many like veterans do you think do comedy? Like I, I, I some people are open with it, some people aren't. You know what? I'm not sure how many veterans do comedy. I know there's I forgot his name, but there's this um, well-known marine who does comedy. I've seen him on Spotify and like you know different different uh, platforms. I know Jess Miller's a, a veteran. I don't know too many other veterans. Um, and as far as the, how it's influenced my comedy, it's, it's given me some pretty cool stories. Yeah. It's given me some pretty cool insights. And one of my jokes is that, you know, being a Hispanic guy, Puerto Rican, Ecuadorian, Colombian, I do a joke about racists. And, like, once they found out I'm a, you know, 82nd Airborne paratrooper who did a tour in Iraq, like, that... It trumps the racism because most races are patriotic, right? So they try to find a reverse card on them. Yeah, <laughs> they, do. they start short circuiting. Eventually, they, they salute me, thank me for my service, and give me a shot of bourbon, no matter what you know. So, uh, but it's it's interesting. I like to I like to specifically when it comes to the veteran stuff, bring up things that are unique, but funny, that you don't see in the war movies and. You know, it's not not everybody has a, a crazy traumatic experience, although many do. Yeah. But it's the the weird things, you know, the the seeing the cheerleaders in Baghdad and and 
having it be like torture. Who was it too? The Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. It's not even the top tier. They're giving you like, I know, the but Chiefs. still, they're you know. The ones. But still, it's, it's <laughs> but yeah, the it most is, horrendous thing ever. It's like so. da- it's like dangling it's like dangling food in front of someone who's starving. It's this. Uh, it's not fair. No, not fair at all. No, no, I mean, no. motivational per se. Did you mm. see George Bush when you were over there? Did he hand out the turkey when you were there? No, I didn't see George Bush. But the weirdest thing, I took a plane back um, from the Middle East. We got back to base, and our first sergeant told us take you know a few days off and reacclimate to civilian life. Of course, I didn't fucking listen. I immediately got a plane ticket to LaGuardia. Went there, and as I'm walking out of the airport, waiting for my ride. I see black SUVs pull up and Hillary Clinton walks out <laughs> with like all these like, I don't know, secret service people. And I was just standing there in disbelief. I just was like, what is going on right now? You just went over there and protected her oil assets. So I, she I, should have been thanking you for your service. I don't know. I wanted to be like, hey, what's up? Like, I just, <laughs> like, you just don't give a fuck who I am. But it was just so funny how I thought it was interesting come across, you know, fly across the entire world. And then, as soon as you get into New York, you see that. I was like, all right, whatever. What a poetic time to see her, too. You know what I mean? Like, right when you came back from serving, that's when you oh, see yeah. Hillary Clinton. It's like two worlds collide. You're basically fighting her wars. Crazy. Fair enough, man. Dude. But, um, yeah, Buddha's doing some great great stuff. Promoter, photographer. Go check him out. Buddha Joe Comedy, right? On Instagram. Yes, sir. You do stuff on TikTok and stuff, too. Go check you out. On- yeah, Buddha Joe Comedy. I do some stupid... Stupid stuff on TikTok. Don't judge me. <laughs> Dude, TikTok's successful, man. I did like my go. My girlfriend always gets riled up for me because she's like, "You just yell on TikTok." I'm like, "You gotta piss people off on TikTok, or it's not gonna fucking work." You need people commenting and shit. But, I, got, um, I got stupid videos on there with like a, a butt pillow someone gave me, and it's it's weird. Right? So <laughs> it's TikTok. Doesn't matter. All right, fair but, enough. Yeah, dude. Uh, shout out to Buddha. Thanks for coming on. We'll try to have you on the full length one again. But uh, make sure to go check him out. Uh, by the time this comes out, maybe Mia will have t-shirts for me. She keeps saying we have t-shirts, but they keep forgetting to bring it whenever they come back from Jersey. So stay tuned for t-shirts. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Buddha, thanks again for coming on. Thank you. All right. And we are good. Dude.